Hello and welcome. I'm Cassandra Ray, Spiritual Director of the Center for Spiritual Living White Rock. We're a learning center of practical spirituality. This means that we practice and teach spiritual tools for personal and global transformation. So wherever you are on your path, whether you're soaring or struggling, there's a place for you here. We believe that you're surrounded and supported by an infinite loving presence of power and potential. That you are powerful beyond measure and together we awaken to our spiritual magnificence. Our podcast captures a live inspirational message from our gatherings on Sundays in South Surrey. Enjoy. Thank you, Ron. I thought I would share a little bit more today about my experience walking through the world. I was born in Alaska, in Anchorage, Alaska. My father is Inupiaq, that's an Inuit tribe, and my mother is Caucasian, she's white, and I'm the third daughter uh, in my family, and it's interesting uh, to be to be both and to be none. It's a uh, um, it's it's kind of indescribable. Yeah, I'm going to do my best to describe it for you a little bit though today because I think it's important and my uh, there was some violence in my home life and in my family life and my mother ended up taking me and my three my two sisters the three of us uh, she drove us from Anchorage Alaska to California yeah to to central California which is where I grew up. And my parents did stay together for a little bit after that, but ultimately they divorced when I was three. And my father moved back to Alaska, and I've only seen him a few times in my life. And I grew up in a migrant farm working town that is predominantly Mexican. And and I also grew up with my white family. So essentially, you know, that's the, the culture that I was, was raised in. And one of, the, one of the most, I don't know how to describe it, maybe um, poignant, uh, moments, a defining moment of my life is, is with my grandmother who is uh, from the South. Uh, my, my mother's side of the family, both her father and mother 
are from the South in the States. And so one thing that my grandmother would tell me as a child is she would, she would kind of put my face in her hands and she would say, why can't you be a blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy? Yeah. Th this um, sentiment that she, that she said, it shaped my sense of self and my sense of belonging. And what's interesting about that is that there are some things I cannot change <laughs> about my body, about my race, about my heritage, about my gender. And what's so interesting about all of those things is that they are all based inside the body. And the book of our month for this month is The Body is Not an Apology, The Power of Radical Self-Love. It's by Sonia Renee Taylor. I have a copy here if you want to look at it before you leave today. She blows my mind in all the most beautiful, disturbing ways. But I want to read, read for you a quote. She says, racism, sexism, ableism, homophobia, transphobia, ageism, fatphobia are algorithms created by humans' struggle to make peace with the body. A radical self-love world is a world free from the systems of oppression that make it difficult and sometimes deadly to live in our bodies. Wow. I had never thought of those aspects of oppression as being born inside our skin and bones. But they, they do. They are. And not only like this ability to make peace with our own bodies, which we talked a lot about last week. You can hear that on the podcast, by the way. Yeah. But it's also making peace with other people's body. And it's also making peace with the conflict that other people have maybe in your own body. For example, the way my grandmother was not at peace with my body. I've kind of moved through my life thinking I was the only one who did not have a sense of belonging. I think I'm not alone. <laughs> 
I think this is something that we all need to cultivate. But the thing that I really want to bring into the light of consciousness today is that that sense and struggle for cultivating belonging is different for different folks in different bodies. That these types of oppression, that they impact different bodies in different ways. Now, this is something that at the Centers for Spiritual Living, we're starting to like delve into these topics. And part of it, I, it's because what I read to you as we got started today, our vision of our interconnectedness individually and collectively, this vision of a world that honors all people, that works for all of creation, it actually requires us to look at some things that we might not want to look at or talk about. And sometimes people even say, that's not spiritual. Why are you talking about that here? I want to switch gears for just a moment. I'm going to answer that question in a very roundabout way. And we'll come back to it, I promise. I want to talk a little bit about, um, about this belief that your consciousness has the ability to change your experience, to change your circumstances and conditions in your life. Because we believe that here, that we plant seeds of consciousness into the creative medium of the universe and that those seeds then come to fruition and we have a new experience. This is what we're about. And we practice this and we teach this and learn this together in community and whatever it is we're doing, we generally come back to this planting seeds. When you plant seeds and you don't receive the experience that you are after, there's some unconscious stuff hanging around inside. You get to pull some weeds in your life. Yeah. Make some space for that seed to grow into its fruition. So what we do when that happens is we go to a practitioner and we have a practitioner session. And I want to talk a little bit about the transformational change process. Like how does transformation change? And we practice this inside a practitioner session and inside our larger, it's like a micro and a macro thing. We do it at all these different levels in the community. So the first thing that happens is an increase in awareness. There is an awareness that takes you into a counseling session. An awareness of something that isn't working in your life. Oftentimes, that awareness can be painful. 
And that's oftentimes why we don't want to look at it. Because there's some pain in, around, behind, underneath it. And this is where we step into a relationship with someone who can hold space for that pain. Because this, the second step of transformation is actually acceptance. Not acceptance of the way things are that you have no power, not in that sense, but fully coming to terms with this is where I'm at. When we fully come to terms with where we're at and we feel how that feels, we are creating an opportunity for truth with a big T, which that's the third step in our transformational process is aligning with spiritual truth. And we really like to skip over the truth with a little T into that truth with a big T because the truth with a big T is like, you know, it feels good. It, you know, knowing the perfection of your body, mind, spirit, that feels good. But here's the thing. You can't fully embody truth with a big T if you are denying, repressing, holding back your truth with a little T. This is, you know, <laughs> I like to think of acceptance in terms of what am I willing to embrace and what am I willing to release. So oftentimes when it comes to really coming to terms with truth with a little t, the things that I generally need to release are judgment, criticism, shame, and blame. Those are generally the things that I need to release. Having space for that, that is what really provides the way for you to begin to embody your truth with a capital T. And there is this dance here between this is where I'm at and this is what I know is possible, this is what I know is true. Even if I don't see it or feel it, I know that that is true for me. And this, this next step in the transformational process is taking some sort of action. You know, when you're looking at where you're at and you're allowing for it and you're allowing things to move through you in that knowing that you are headed toward embodying your truth at a deeper level, you know, then we practice. We practice. 
I mean, every, you're going to get some homework assignment today, right? Because every week, every week, I'm like, here's your homework this week. Because we practice. This is how we embody it, by practicing it. Just hearing something is not enough. Is not enough. But how will you practice it? We'll come back to that. Also, when you're going through this process of being engaged in knowing that you're making positive change in your life, it is super important to acknowledge yourself. To acknowledge yourself along the way. And every night when I go to bed, I write down five acknowledgments of myself for that day. I practice this every day this piece, this practice of acknowledgement, because every time I acknowledge my own value and worth, my own courage, it sends a message of love to myself. And it even sends a message of love to that little girl who told she wasn't okay for who she is. Sending a little bit of daily love to yourself. Even when things don't turn out the way you want them to turn out, you can still acknowledge yourself for showing up. You can acknowledge yourself for speaking up. You can acknowledge yourself for doing it anyway for the courage to try. And the final piece of this transformational process is an appreciation of the learning, an appreciation of the support you might be receiving, an appreciation of anything you can appreciate in your life. Because cultivating that That gratitude is what is watering those seeds that you're planting. You know, uh, pulling weeds is quite intense work. And we got to take breaks, and we got to let the sun in, and we have to nourish ourselves along the way, right? So these two pieces are really about nourishing yourself as you're going through this process. And so, we know as practitioners, we know that so often counseling sessions, practitioner sessions are really about providing space for the small T because sometimes it's just too scary to go there on your own. We absolutely know this as leaders and practitioners, as ministers and practitioners, we know this. And so we know that we're doing this privately within science of mind communities, within centers for spiritual living. We are doing this and we're doing it well individually. And this is the same process that we need to make this jump of applying it collectively. We need to raise our collective awareness. We need to embrace and release 
and align and take action collectively around things that are that that are in the world that might not even impact you directly or you might not think they do I want to read a little bit from the body is not an apology website because they are committed to cultivating global radical self-love and body empowerment we believe that discrimination social inequality and and injustice are manifestations of our inability to make peace with the body our own and others through information dissemination personal and social transformation projects and community building we foster global radical unapologetic self-love which translates to radical human love and action in service toward a more just, equitable and compassionate world. Yes. I want that. I want a more just, equitable and compassionate world. And the beautiful thing about Sonia Renee Taylor is she knows that that starts inside of us and that that's only part of the equation. It is inside and it is also outside. And this is where we get to kind of be uncomfortable. Even some of these terms cause us to be uncomfortable. But this increase of awareness allows us to make transformational change in the world. And one of the tools that we have in Science of Mind is about your wholeness. This is one of our spiritual truths. We know that you are absolutely whole in your being. And what does that mean? What does that mean? Your your wholeness means that there's nothing missing in you. that everything you might feel, the entire spectrum of emotional, our emotional capacity, is all included in your wholeness. When my grandmother was saying those words to me, it did not change my wholeness. My wholeness remained. The sacred essence of my soul remained. Our wholeness cannot be taken away. And one thing I want you to know, though, about our wholeness is that it includes all of our identities. Our wholeness includes all of our identities. Now, there are social messagings that tell you otherwise. But this is our truth with a capital T. Ernest Holmes says, 
If the spirit has seen fit to express itself through a physical universe and to give you a physical body, it would be absurd to think of this body or environment as an illusion unworthy of your attention. Again, exactly the body that you are in is divine purpose made manifest. And part of how we spread that message is by cultivating a consciousness within ourselves that creates a, an environment that is welcoming to other bodies who are not accepted, who are not celebrated. This, you know, hasn't always been easy for me to be biracial. And it'd be really easy for me to make my grandmother evil. Yeah. And I did for a plenty long time. Because I think being biracial is like hard enough, you know, much less not having a like a sanctuary in my own home to, to like retreat to, right? The thing is, making my grandmother evil doesn't actually help my transformation. But I'll tell you, I could only let go of that when I sat with my truth with a little T about how painful and hard and destructive that was for me. It wasn't until I could feel that grief that I could begin to move into my sense of true power and wholeness. Her words don't change my wholeness. I let them change my experience of myself for a very long time. Grandma's still alive. Yeah, she just had a birthday actually. And it's so easy for me to turn her into a one-dimensional mean woman, racist woman. It's really easy for me to do that. But she is a complex individual just like me. And I, I'm still working it out. You know, I have moments when I can really see the beauty of her, and I have moments when I can't. And I think it's okay to just be human around that and just recognize that this is part of my experience and I am determined 
to make that experience a seed for my greatness rather than a shackle to my oppression. I don't know exactly how that's going to happen, <laughs> but I can hold fast to that. And I can hold fast to the truth that no matter how much pain I might feel, the truth with a capital T of my wholeness, of my worthiness, is greater and stronger than anything she can say to me. So this is our call for self-love. Because when we can begin to love ourselves and all of our identities, is there a part of you that you have cut off and left outside? You gotta call that part back in. Pick that part back up and return to our mantra that we started last week. I'm sorry you're in pain and I love you. I love you and I want you to flourish. Because it truly is this self-love that, that has the power to change hearts and minds. Sonia Renee Taylor is an activist for social justice. And she maintains that the road to that is through this radical self-love. And this book will both disturb you and comfort you at the same time. I'm going to do a discussion group around this book, a reading group, because I need more time with this content and with this. This is a spiritual awakening. She is my teacher. I'll tell you what, I have been in Science of Mind now for, what is it this year? This year's gonna be 12 years. And one of the things that I've been wanting to do is how do we make this leap from Science of Mind is just about my experience to Science of Mind is about humanity's experience, to the collective experience, to the community experience. How do we make this jump? This book teaches how to do that. She is not part of Centers for Spiritual Living, but she, she speaks truth with a capital T. And that's what I want to learn. I don't want to learn just how to make my life better. I want to learn how to make life better for people everywhere. Because there's too much pain in the world. That's what I want. And it does begin with this self-love. And letting that love guide you to your next step and to your next greatest yet to be. And when we make changes as a society, cultural changes, and we make these shifts, we create a place for people's innate creativity and talent to flourish. And I want more of that. I want more solutions than problems on the news.
But I'll tell you, that doesn't come from not watching the news, <laughs> right? It doesn't come from avoiding things like racism and transphobia. It doesn't come from ignoring them or not being willing to say them or not bring them into our experience even on Sunday morning. Imagine a world where all bodies are welcomed, celebrated, embraced. That is the world I want to live in with you. That is the world that I see. Now we're going to, we normally do Q&A. Sorry about that. <laughs> because today I took all of that time for, for this message. And we're going to go inward now, and we're going to take some affirmations in, and then I'm going to go into prayer. These affirmations are from Ernest Holmes in this thing called You. I have that book here, too, if you want to look at it afterward. So just close your eyes for a minute and listen. And take this in as much as you can, as if you are saying these words for yourself, to yourself, to the love that you are. My body is a temple of the living spirit. It is spiritual substance. Every part of my body is in harmony with the living spirit within me. The life of this divine spirit flows through every atom of my being, revitalizing, reinvigorating, and renewing every particle of my physical body. There is a pattern of perfection at the center of my being, which is now operating through every organ, function, action, and reaction. My body is a divine idea forever renewed by the Spirit. My body is a divine idea forever renewed by the Spirit. How good it is to remember this truth. to allow the possibility of this truth to live in every cell of my body. I know that there is love at the center as the source of all life everywhere, and this love is manifesting, outpicturing as each body in this room, as each body on this planet. That love is walking around. That love is in the hands and the hearts and the faces of each and every one. And what I affirm of this day, of this lifetime, is that that love sees this love. That there is a recognition of the divinity within our shared human experience. And I remember that I am one with this love, and that each one here is one with this love, and that it is, it, it is flowing, moving, bubbling up 
guiding, supporting, and showing the way, clearing the way. So what I know of each one present is that there is an absolute clear path ahead that is lined with love and power and compassion and that this truth that it not only heals each one here but heals each one that has come in contact with anyone in this room anyone listening right now that this power is amplified and that there is space for truth with a little t for the opening heart, for the movement of emotion. And I am so grateful for the healing that happens from this movement. I'm so grateful for the safety that is expressed through this knowing. I'm so grateful for the transformation that unfolds and for the ways in which each one is guided to express the unique love and creativity. I am grateful for my grandmother. I am grateful for my body just as it is. I am grateful for a biracial heritage, for a multicultural life. I'm grateful for the wholeness that is true and that I know reigns. I'm grateful for the wholeness that is each one right now, loving, creating, healing, knowing that this is already so. I release my word into the law of divine mind I give myself to this truth, I let it have me, and it unfolds in beautiful divine right timing. And so it is. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We're supported 100% by your generous contributions. If you found value in this episode, please give online at csl-whiterock.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter so that you'll be notified of future episodes as well as ways to connect, learn, and grow. Thank you and abundant blessings on your path.